Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and on Hacking Your ADHD, I dig into the tools, strategies, and best practices that will help you work with your ADHD brain. How much trust do you have in your memory? How often do you tell yourself that you'll just remember to do something, and yet still completely forget about it? Those loads of laundry that have sat in the washer for three days? Or what about those bills you've had to take care of since last week? I've been there. It isn't fun when you forget things, but there are ways that we can work with our brains so that we stay on top of what we need to remember. In today's show, we are going to be exploring how our memories work, ways we can improve it, and maybe even a few ways we can keep track of what we went into that room for. It was a screwdriver, right? I know I came in here for something. I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as we get started. So let's do just that. When we are thinking about how to remember something, it is important to understand that there are different ways that our brains store our memories. Broadly speaking, memory can be separated into two categories, long-term and short-term. The difference being that long-term memory holds memories from weeks, months, or even years ago, while short-term memory is all about the now, with those memories lasting anywhere from a few seconds to a couple of days. And while, of course, there are certainly subcategories that are also important, today we are just going to be focusing on short-term memory, which is also sometimes referred to as our working memory. What we can gather from the name working memory is that it is more of a process rather than just a storage solution, hence the name working. To keep the information we store in our working memory, we must put in effort to keep it there. If we don't put in the effort to retain those memories, they will be forgotten. Again, broadly speaking, we can hold about five to nine memories in our working memory. Holding things in your working memory is an executive function. ADHD is disorder of our executive function. I think you can see where I'm going with this. ADHD makes it harder for us to hold onto these short-term memories, and holding onto these short-term memories puts a strain on our executive function. If you aren't exactly sure what executive function is, you're not alone, and it can be a bit of a confusing topic. I've got an upcoming episode on executive function, but for now, let's define it as what controls our ability to get things done. It helps with things like time management, paying attention, remembering details, and planning. You can think of executive function kind of like a well that you draw up out of every time you do one of these things. Our reserve of executive function has ups and downs, with things like sleeping and eating helping to restore that reserve. We rely on executive function for a lot of things, so we don't want to drain it unnecessarily. All right, let's get into some ways we can start working on remembering things without draining our executive function quite so much. The best thing we can do to help with our memory problems is to outsource our brains. And while I'd love to just hire someone to go around with me and remember everything for me, that's not practical. Thankfully, we have a much easier strategy which is simply writing things down and creating reminders. Look, I know, writing things down doesn't sound like much of a solution. And it's probably something you've tried before. But let's drill down into the nuance a little bit and see if we can get this to work for you. When you are writing things down, you've got to make sure that your future self is going to know what you are talking about. If you have a sticky note that says potato, you probably aren't going to know what that means when you pick that note back up. Did my wife want me to pick up potatoes? Did I want to Google something about potatoes? Was I going to send one of those prank potatoes through the mail? 
where I lose too many of you googling prank potatoes, don't worry, I'll include links in the show notes at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash remember anything. All right, let's get back on track writing ourselves notes and reminders. Now, our first step is going to be getting clear on what our note is about. In this case, let's assume that I'm writing this note because my wife wants me to pick up potatoes for dinner. But you know what? This is time sensitive. I don't want to come back to the office tomorrow to find a note that says, pick up potatoes for a dinner. I've already eaten. Sans potatoes. What we really want to do is create an actual reminder for ourselves here. Quick sidebar. Let's say I'm on the phone with my wife and she tells me to pick up these potatoes. I might not be able to create a good reminder right there and then. So what I'll do is I'll write myself a note that says, create a reminder to pick up potatoes. Because when I get off the phone, that is what I actually need that note to say. Now, creating actual reminders is all about making them specific so that you know what you need to do, but also that have an appropriate cue. A cue is simply what is going to make you see your reminder, which means you are putting your reminder someplace you are going to see it when you need to see it. This is a great place to use your digital devices because you can make reminders on your phone, which means unless you forget your phone, you're creating cues that are going to travel with you. I especially like digital assistants for making these kinds of reminders. If you spend the time to set up your location data on your device, you can make them even more helpful with reminders like, Hey Siri, remind me to pick up potatoes when I leave the office. Okay, I'll remind you when you leave work. I also really like using the reminders for things that are time-based, like, Hey Siri, remind me to change the laundry in an hour. Okay, I'll remind you. But you can certainly go low-tech here as well. I kept forgetting my lunchbox at work, and my eventual solution was just to add a sticky note to where I leave my keys so that I'd see it whenever I was getting ready to leave. But of course, with physical cues like this, just remember that it has to be someplace you're actually going to see it. If you never see your cue, you aren't going to get that reminder. Sometimes you are going to need reminders for things that are weeks or even months away. Short-term reminders aren't going to work here. You are going to need to use your calendar. It doesn't matter if you are using a physical or digital calendar, but you need to be keeping one. When you're adding things to your calendar, remember that the key here is context. You've got to assume that in two or three weeks, you might not remember what this reminder was about. So write it down as if you were giving instructions to a stranger. I know I can't imagine anyone stranger than future me. And if you're making reminders for something really important, make sure that your reminders are redundant. I'll put reminders for other reminders weeks ahead so that I'm prepared for those events. An easy way to do this is to use the notification feature on your digital calendar. For example, my calendar gives me a notification about my wife's birthday two weeks in advance so I can make sure that I have something ready for when it happens. Reminders can also be a great way to reduce anxiety. For example, I like taking a picture of my closed garage before I leave on vacation. If I'm worried and I can't remember if I closed it, I can just open up my photos and see that it, in fact, has been closed. As great as writing things down and reminders are, there are times we aren't going to write things down because they don't warrant it. The biggest example is just going into another room to grab something. But of course, we've all been there and know that by the time we get to that room, we will have forgotten what we went in there for. This, of course, isn't a problem into only people with ADHD, but is something certainly we deal with more. It's an insidious problem because, of course, we aren't just going to write down something when we're just going over to the next room. There's no way I'm going to convince myself that I need to write down that I'm going into the garage to grab a hammer. It'll take longer to make the reminder than just to go in and grab it. 
It just doesn't make sense that my brain can't hold onto something while I'm going from one room to another. But then I found out doorways actually make us forget stuff. Yes, doorways. Psychology professor Gabriel Radvansky from Notre Dame has found that doorways serve as an event boundary in the mind. In his study, Radvansky found that subjects were more forgetful after walking through a doorway compared to when they simply walked the same distance across a room. I'll link to the study in the show notes at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash remember anything. But basically, walking through a doorway diminishes our working memory. And let's note that this study was not specifically for people with ADHD, which means that those of us that might get distracted along the way are going to have even more problems. The obvious solution here is to simply just get rid of all your doorways. My wife was not on board for this plan, so I had to think of some other solutions. The easiest thing you can do is to verbalize your intention when you get up to get something. Just say out loud what you need regardless if there are other people in the room or not. Even better if there actually are other people, because they can remind you what you are getting even if you do forget. But more seriously, when we verbalize our intentions, our brains do a better job of encoding that information. You can combine this with a technique like visualizing for an added benefit. And let's talk about visualization for a second, which is another great way to strengthen our memories, although it is certainly not foolproof. Our brains are very visual, so if we create an image of what we want to remember, we have a much better chance of recalling that memory. But if we also put a weird twist on that image and create something novel, we strengthen that memory even more. For example, if I wanted to remember to bring more sticky notes to my office, I could try picturing myself putting my backpack I take to work into my car, except my backpack is made out of sticky notes. Or maybe my car is covered in sticky notes. It just has to be something unusual. And a big key here is to pair that imagery with an action for your cue. In this case, putting my backpack into my car would be my cue that reminds me of the sticky notes. But as I said earlier, this is certainly not foolproof. I've tried this and recalled the image and couldn't actually remember what the image was trying to remind me of. Another potential pitfall is simply that we might not remember our cue or create a bad cue and not recall the image at all. But when you are in a pinch, it can be a great tool to have in your belt. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's points. 1. Storing things in our working memory relies on us using our executive function. We don't want to unnecessarily drain our executive function just to try and remember everything. 2. When we are creating reminders for ourselves, we need to make sure that we have a good cue and that they are specific enough that we will actually know what we are supposed to be reminded of. 3. Doorways serve as event boundaries in our minds, so we need to be mindful of what we're trying to remember when we know we have to go through a doorway. That's it for episode three. Check back next week when we'll be looking at ways we can better work with our ADHD brain rather than against it. You can find show notes for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash remember anything. When you have ADHD, you are part of a tribe. And if you got something out of this episode, please share it with your tribe members that you think might also benefit from hearing it. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast or whichever podcast player you use. Get new episodes automatically downloaded into your podcast player every Monday by clicking subscribe. If you can't get enough things ADHD, then check out the other podcasts in the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. 
ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, and ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. One of the best ways you can manage your ADHD is by connecting with others. So be sure to check out our social channels on Facebook at facebook.com slash hackingyouradhd and on Instagram and Twitter at hackingyouradhd. Or you can get me directly at hackingyouradhd.com. Be sure to reach out and let me know how you are hacking your ADHD. And until next time, stay focused. Stay focused.